0: Welcome to The Session, a basketball podcast. I'm your host, Omar, and I'm joined by... Ben, what's up? What's up? Yeah, I'm doing good. But you know what? Cut the formalities. Let's get right into it. This You're is right. what we're now in double-digit episodes. That's right. We don't need to do none of that. No. Let's get right into it then. Let's get right? right into it then. So what has happened? What significant events have happened in your life recently, Ben?
1: Let me tell you, man. Well, as you know, well, maybe you don't know. You know, we'll get into that later. But uh, as of December 11th, 2019, my birthday month, my birthday year,
0: and my birthday day, baby. I'm 23. Wait, did you just say my birthday year? My birthday year. Every year is a birthday year. Exactly.
1: And it's so special to me, man. I'm 23 years old, Omar. It's exciting. I'm kind of nervous. I'm kind of anxious, but I think I'm more so excited. So when I said that, maybe you don't know what I meant by that is where's my gift, bro?
0: This is your gift. Oh
1: or, the uh, or, the podcast! This, is, and this yes. is not just a gift
0: to you. This is a gift to all our listeners. That was such you're a welcome. good
1: save, Omar. Yeah, it's almost we'll like talk we rehearsed about this. it. We'll talk about this after the podcast. <laughs> but man, I'm 23 years old, and Jordan it was a great. It, well, yeah, Jordan year. Wow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought you were gonna see LeBron year. Yeah, the true goat year.
0: Well, I know you're not gonna have a good year. That's why I said
1: Jordan. <laughs> 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 no, yes, sir. I am. I am 23. And you've been 23 for like five years now. So, you know, you know exactly how it feels. But man, it was a great, it was a great birthday. You know, like it was a good way to, it was a good way to spend it. I mean, I had to do some studying. So I wasn't able to like do anything. Yeah. That's common with my birthday. Like even since university, there's always like final exams or something or like I have no friends. So like all of that yeah, comes together. One tends to be a yeah. Thing. Like nobody yeah. really wants to go out with me. So yeah. that was a huge reason as to why I didn't go out. But man, it was beautiful. It was a great. It was a great day. To, it was a great day. And uh, man, I'm 23. I'm, I'm closer to 25 than I am 20. Omar. Yeah. This is not like.
0: That's how numbers work.
1: That is, and you know, I don't know how I feel about that. Like for you, like was there a certain age when you realized, damn, like I am getting old. Like I'm getting there.
0: Yeah, you know, it's um, it was probably either when I turned 22 or when I turned 23. You start filling out like forms and stuff and you forget how old you are. And, <laughs> and I have to, and I have to like text Iman and just be like because I'm too lazy to do the math in my head and calculate because I know when I'm born but I forget how old I am so I'm just like wait like am I 23 or like I'll be like am I 22 and she was like no 23 and I'll be like oh, you okay. sound
1: like my 63 year old dad <laughs> um, who put his birthday as January 1st 1958 shout wink out, wink
0: shout out to all the immigrant dads with, <laughs> with two birthdays
1: so that's what he did but that that was way in old age brother like that was like 50 something when he realized yeah, I don't know how old I am who cares I'm living life hey, January 1st whatever but you are 23 four brother or you're gonna be soon um you i don't know why you have to worry about that now i don't know why you're doing that now at this age it's, right now that's
0: some accelerated aging man being no friends kidding. with you has, has done this no to me. kidding but uh
1: <laughs> man 23
0: is have, have you have you noticed um some changes i guess now that you've been getting older maybe not specifically since you've turned 23 but personally i've noticed that As I've gotten older, my likes and dislikes have shifted like quite a bit. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, well, you know, I like used to like games and now I don't like games anymore. I mean, like so Iman, I was talking to her earlier and she was saying how she got this urge to just clean her room and she enjoyed doing it. And it was like not out of necessity. Like her room was really dirty. She's just like, oh, I feel like cleaning. This is and this was something she would never have done when she was like younger. Interesting. So do you have like those changing habits about yourself?
1: I think, I don't know about habits that have changed. I'm sure there have been, but I know for sure what I have been doing is, man, I just reminisce a lot more. Like I find conversations with people now, it's just talking about the good old days, you know, like back then. Like I'm going to be
0: 23. That's what
1: I'm saying, though. Like I'm I'm talking about things like, yeah, I remember in the mid 2000s, like this happened or like this kind of music or how different it was. But when I have conversation with people, it's more so just talking about that. It's just like whatever happened in the past. You know what I mean? And I'm a self-proclaimed extremely wise person.
0: Yeah, entirely self proclaimed. No one else has proclaimed this. <laughs> no, man, I'm telling you.
1: I've gotten so much wiser as the years have gone on. And ask anybody, like, they will tell you that I think I'm super wise. Yeah, that, that's, what,
0: that's, <laughs> that's what they'll tell you. They're not going to tell you that he is wise. They'll be like, you know what? That, that piece of shit really does think he's the piece of shit.
1: I think that, you know, like, I've definitely started to care less about what other people think as well as I've gotten older, especially now. I mean, before, if you asked me, like, in high school, you wouldn't think it considering the way that I dressed, but, you know, like, you definitely did care more about, like, oh, like, what do other people think about you? Or, like, did I say something stupid? Or did I say something the wrong way? And now that I'm old, I'm just, man, get out of my face, man. I have, like, 20 good years left. Let me enjoy (laughs) myself. (laughs) You
0: know what I mean? So, And we've just lost all our 50-year-old listeners. (laughs) So. (laughs) <laughs>
1: so, like, you know, I was just oh, like, man. I just don't care much anymore. Yeah. I definitely still don't clean my room like Iman does. Like, yeah. that's never going to happen. Um, I'm going to need a lot of convincing for me to be like, oh, hey, like, I'm older now. Maybe I should clean my room or anything like that. No, that's never happening. Um, it's just not something I foresee in my future.
0: No, so. but, but that's good. The, the part about, you know, not, not caring so much about what, what other people Who cares? think. Who Yeah. Just, just it's you like, know, like, Nobody
1: pays attention to you as much as you do.
0: Exactly. Sometimes, you know? I, sometimes I think I take that too far. And, and then I sometimes oh, I should I've, care. Oh, I sure. should care about what other people think. But then it's like, nah, I don't really have it in me. Like, that's not my thing. You know,
1: another thing that I've gotten better with through age is, you know, taking care of a baby. Oh, I didn't tell okay. you this, actually. but uh, You're a father.
0: I am. Um, he's not a father. Okay? <laughs> he's, he's, he's not a father. <laughs>
1: But my baby niece, she's gonna turn one month tomorrow, man. As of That's December. Crazy. That's crazy. You have a baby 16th. in the house. You have a baby. I have a baby house. in the house. That's and, crazy. uh, I found that I'm just such a good caretaker now, you know? Like, I know how to, I know how to hold a baby. You know, like Russ taught me that, how to like rock the baby. You know, you, like, I mean, that, you, you have gotta, gotta be that aggressive as Russ. So. <laughs> He's running back <laughs> on defense. So, you know, I, I know everything. I know how to like calm a baby down. I'm able to sing lullabies and I kind of freestyle it as well. So I'll go like baby, baby, you drive me so crazy, crazy. And then it turns into like a whole thing. And then you drop the beat and then start juggling <laughs> with the baby or something like that. <laughs> I'm able you know, but like, it's, it's just one of those things, man. It, it's so exciting to have a baby in the house. You know, like the first time that I did see her, like I was in the hospital when she came out. <laughs> um, and, It's actually a miracle. You know, like the whole idea of a life form just entering this world is is amazing to me. It's remarkable to me. Mm -hmm. And any other adjective. It's just so cool, man. It's just like she's going to see the world. Like she's entered this planet, you know, as bad of a state as it may be in. She's here now. (laughs) And I think that's so cool. So I've really learned to like, you know, how to calm a baby down and do all of that and i'm sure by the second month because the first month is whatever but the second month is when they're actually fun to play with yeah because right now they're just crying and their necks are so fragile yeah i took a selfie with uh her name is raya with raya on like my shoulder and her neck was absolutely like twisted this (laughs) way (laughs) you're chopped
0: you gotta support that neck
1: (laughs) so you knew that yeah i didn't know that
0: there's okay um, and i their skull is also fragile, so like, oh, it's, extremely. It's, it's, like it's like Play-Doh. You can she push it. She
1: has like a little like a mushy spot right in the middle of her skull. <laughs>
0: don't press down the mushy spot. Oh,
1: I'm not supposed to do that either. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, man. But yeah, I took a photo. Her neck was completely this way. I was like, oh, well, you know, I was told that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so I know now for later that support the neck. Don't play with the Play-Doh part of the baby's head. Yeah. But... Man, all they do right now is just cry and poop and yeah. sleep.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of sleeping. A lot, a lot, of, lot sleeping. of sleeping. When you, I think, like, babies at that age, like, sleep, like, like more than, like, 14 hours a day or something crazy like that. And it's obviously not consistent because they'll be taking naps, but I think it's, like, almost up to, like, 16 hours a day babies will be sleeping, like, within, like, the first few weeks of being born. This baby comes to my house. <laughs>
1: Sleeps on my cot, <laughs> drinks m- not my milk, and it- she just cries all day. Yeah. But I love her. Yeah. I love Raya very much. I think she's uh, she's great. She's a lot of fun to play with. She's lucky
0: to have you, you know. Thank you, Omar. A- a- and aging Ben. And
1: a- <laughs> I'll, s- I'll give her my wisdom. Yes. I'll give her all of my wisdom.
0: Okay. I'll make sure she doesn't <laughs> remember any of it. <laughs>
1: Has anything else changed with you as you've gotten older?
0: Anything that's been changing with me, Uh, well, you know, habits wise, I guess sometimes I'll just be, I'll be sitting around and like doing something and I'll be like, man, probably should be doing something more productive. Oh, so you've gotten that, okay. A little bit. Like sometimes I try to channel that into like productive avenues. I think that's why I've gotten into cooking recently and and heck even this podcasting stuff because part of me is like, I have this energy, I have this creativity that I want to, before it just be like, I'm not going to do anything with it. Because I didn't have like the financial means or like the 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 freedom to do any of that stuff. Now it's like that. I'm older. It's like let me put it all out there, right? Let me make something of it. Let me do something with it. So I think that's probably from like a fundamental perspective. I think that's changed the most with me. Other than that, one of the things that I've been noticing recently is my palates have been changing a lot, especially with taste. When it comes to food, there were certain foods that I used to hate, but now I guess like my palate has become more mature. So, I'll eat, like, cheese, for example. I used to hate cheese when I was growing up. Like, I'd like pizza and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just, like, cheese with pasta or, like, cheese on, like, any type of Mexican food, I would not like it. But now I love cheese, different kinds of cheese and stuff like that. So my palate, I guess, has matured more so. I'm, they still haven't matured into like vegetables and stuff like that. I'm not there yet. Fruits and vegetables. I don't believe in them. Yeah. That doesn't, yeah. it's not necessary. Yeah. They're not know? like, yes. The vitamins, I may be, nutrients. I, yeah, I may be dying on the inside. <laughs> I'm a
1: shell. It looks like it on the outside as well. <laughs> like it's. It's definitely showing. I hate Your you. old
0: age is really catching up My to long you. hair is going to start going gray real soon. <laughs> oh, you know what? My hair, that's another thing. Well, Part of it where I'm like, I don't care what anyone thinks anymore. I yeah. want long hair, so I'm just going to get long hair.
1: I think it's interesting, though, because the whole idea of I don't care what anybody thinks. It's like there's a fine line between it being mature, but it can also be an immature way of thinking as well yeah, so let yeah, me get let me right. let me talk about that just a little bit okay, right? because it. it's like yeah it's like yo, i don't care i don't care but like sometimes you've got to be like yo like people important to you if they say something like they obviously mean it with good intentions mm-hmm. so it's not <laughs> it's not necessarily mature to be like i don't care i do what i want that's not, not bad of me, now. You know? <laughs> Shout out Malcolm <laughs> in the Metal. Shout out Eric Hartman. <laughs> you know, like that's not something that you're not you, you, that's not a mature way of thinking. Yeah. So I think that's also something I'm getting more adjusted to because my immaturity before used to be like, I don't care. Nobody can tell me what to do. But then I'm just like, wait, there are people that are like important to me who probably have my best interest. Yeah. And they're probably telling me something for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I should probably listen to that.
0: That's a very smart way of and that, that, Omar, is my wisdom that I was talking about. And that's all of it. There's nothing else. <laughs> that's as far as it goes. We've reached the end. All right. Um, you know what? Let me uh let me switch gears right now. Let's talk uh movies because recently I watched uh The Irishman. Have Ooh. you have you had a chance to watch all of it? So
1: Okay, well, first of all, it's a long ass movie. It's that like it three is. and a half hours. It's classic Scorsese. Yeah. Like he's definitely has a knack for it. But I do remember having it kind of in the background as my family was watching and I was studying, so I didn't really pay attention attention to the movie. So I don't want to comment on it. I will say this much though. Young Robert De Niro is really weird. The whole (laughs) CGI thing that they were doing, I'd rather they cast a completely different actor to play that part. I thought that part was really strange. However, the reviews are grand. 96% people are loving it. It's killing it all across the board. So, I mean, tell me
0: about it. Like, Did you like the movie? so so on the on the young robert de niro part what i didn't understand was young robert de niro still looked like 60 like <laughs> couldn't can't get rid of the wrinkles and 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 the, and the best part about it was it you know it's it's the wrinkles and it, and it's and it's all that but it's the way he walks to at a point oh young, yeah. young robert de niro's <laughs> beating someone up and he's like yeah. he's like hobbling <laughs> over trying to stomp on the <laughs> yeah. guy when he's on the ground and it's like come on buddy like you're a senior citizen what are you doing here seriously get <laughs> and, on a wheelchair
1: and stop acting and
0: that. then like the older guys in the movie would keep calling him kid like oh yeah he's, he's a good kid i'm like that man could be a grandfather what are you talking about it did not work but but shout geez. out Baca. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but beyond that honestly man i didn't like the movie no i, I come don't on. i don't know if it's man and you know me i love, love mob movies, movies. Yeah, yeah i love mob movies i love scorsese but it's just i don't know maybe it's like maybe i grew out of it or something like that but it's just this particular movie i just wasn't feeling it like at the end of it without giving too much away, i just watched it and then at the end of it i'm like man what was the point of this (laughs) like i just sat there and i was just like why why did i watch this and and maybe this was the point of the movie because for like the next two days i was thinking about it constantly okay and but it, like as I'm driving, as I'm doing anything, I keep thinking about the movie, and maybe that's what the whole point of it was—that you like I guess come up with your own meaning or whatever. But I, I, didn't, I guess I didn't understand it. It didn't, it didn't speak to me. But it did get me thinking on what I don't know. I don't think we've talked about this on the pod. What are our favorite movies? Oh, like a top three? Let's do a top three. Let's do a top three sure. in movies. Okay, sure. So I'll get started. Um, okay. Well, first of all, let yeah. me. Let it's okay
1: favorite anything is extremely difficult for me. Yeah. And I know that's a very boring look. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, like, no, it's not even like that. It's like with the movies, especially there's so many different genres and there's so many different, like I can give you a top three comedy movie. I can give you yeah. a top three, like action movie, top three mobster movie. So I'm going to preface that with this. So before I, have my top three ready for you or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. going to say that. Like, yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, but even with yeah. music, when people ask me, I'm like, yo, I have like a top three alternative, top three hip hop, top, you know what I mean? So it's very difficult yeah. to come up with and, th- things like this, but. And,
0: and beyond that, it's constantly changing too, right? Oh, for sure. It's like, it's like, it's, it's cyclical. It's always rolling. Like, I might rewatch a movie that I've seen like five times and, and then it comes up in my top three again. And then like, I watch, rewatch another movie that I really like and all of a sudden it's not there. But let's just take a snapshot as yeah, of right no, now where enough. we're at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I would say my, I'll go, I'll go one, two, three. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be quick with it. So the dark Knight. Of course. I knew dark Knight. that. I there knew, were, you, you knew it. It's so obvious. The you, dark Knight is dark my favorite Knight, everything. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark Knight's is my favorite movie. My second favorite is interstellar. Mm. And I didn't my, watch that movie. Eh? Oh, no, it's, it's a good one. And yeah. my third favorite is American gangster, uh, okay. Denzel Washington, uh, movie. So, and I think uh, JC had an album for the soundtrack as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's one of the, uh, that's one of the, uh, one of my like favorite albums by Jay mm-hmm. is, uh, because around that time he came with like the blueprint too and people weren't feeling it. People yeah. say that Jay fell off. And then he came back with American Gangster. And then people were shocked. They're like, what is going on here? How did he go from like a beach chair to like prey yeah. on American Gangster? So, Um, it's interesting though, because, well, one of those movies I haven't watched myself, Interstellar. American Gangster, I actually don't like that much.
0: Oh yeah? I actually don't like that much. Okay, so, so let me, without going into too much detail, let me explain, like, the reason I love mob movies and crime movies and stuff like that, it's all about the, the climb. I love watching someone start small time with nothing, work their way up, you know, build up a crew. And yeah. then all of a sudden they're at the top of their game and then they're getting hit hit up from all different angles. The cops, competitors, their own family and stuff sure. like that. And there's finding a way to hold on that power and stuff. Scarface is a, is a lot like that as well. Scarface I really enjoyed as well. Man, I think I watched Scarface when I was like 10 years I old. I was just about to ask yeah.
1: that. Because what you're describing literally seems to me
0: Scarface. Yeah. Yeah, now that I think what I probably shouldn't have been watching Nine Scarface at yeah because no. I, I remember that chainsaw scene came up when I was like really young and I didn't really understand what was happening I'm like why is he got a chainsaw but then I rewatched it years later and I'm <laughs> like okay why does he have a chainsaw oh he's playing no and I'm like I knew he was like you know trying to like interrogate the man, but I'm like a chainsaw. Like, what's what is this gonna do? Uh, you were watching like House (laughs) and stuff at ten years old. You were mature at
1: that age. You're good. (laughs) So you understand. So,
0: so Dark Knight, Interstellar, and American Gangster. That's my top three. You know, just on the topic of Scarface, I'll try to go back. No worries. My dad's favorite
1: movie of all time is Scarface. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's watched it like 28 times, ten times. That's, that's, 280. That, that's 200, I don't know why you didn't just say that. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that movie. And he recommended it to me as well when I was like four years old. <laughs> like, hey, look. Yeah, I, blame, I
0: blame my brother. He Like, he was older than me. He, well, he was probably like 14 at the time. But he should have known. Like, yo, I maybe I should have shown Scarface to my younger brother. But my
1: theory is every immigrant father is going to love it. Yeah. You know, because think it's about the immigrant it. story. It's the immigrant story. He starts off like, hey, I got a green card. My dad's like in the rafters like, oh, I relate to this one. I don't know what this guy is talking about. He gets his green card. And then he starts from like, well, for my dad, you know, considering he's in the in the restaurant industry, um, you know, Tony Montana, he starts off as a dishwasher. yeah, And then, you know, like he leaves that by like brawling with his boss. My dad's probably thinking like, "Yo, that was me like Montreal in the '80s." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Yo, what if I just..." So I imagine that's why he resonates with the movie so much. Not that he can relate, but I'm sure he wants to. Yeah, and I think that's why he likes Scarface so and much.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not the I realized the what I like about the the reason these movies are in my top three. It's not what actually happens in the movie but it's what the movie represents mm. it's the the story within the story that it tells with scarface Boy,
1: get your english class ass <laughs> look at us <ass>, boy
0: <laughs> with with scarface you know and and similarly with american gangster it's a guy you know like creating something for himself and then like the perils that that, that come with that with uh interstellar it's all about like love transcending all and like mm. pushing the limits and how far can we go when when nothing is left when this is our last call or sorry our last hope yeah and with with the dark Knight, it's like redefining what is a hero what is a villain what kind of person do you want to be and and things like that and like those underlying narratives are always what draw me back to the movie less so about the action the or the production value or music or anything like that i mean i can't i can't get mad at the dark Knight. that's
1: yeah. that's that's just one of the Greatest movies of all time. I think IMDb agrees with us. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's Heath Ledger's performance was off. You know, like just amazing, insane. And really, insane, not yeah. much you can. There's so many iconic scenes, and that's the way I would rank something like that. My thing is rewatchability. Yeah, I want to be able to. The way that I I'm gonna pick my top three movies. I'm about to tell you in just a minute is can I take this on an island with me and just have these three movies and last an entire, like, 24-hour flight or something like that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, can I re- keep re-watching the same movie over and over again and learn something new? I think Dark Knight is one of those. Yeah. It, you know?
0: Dude, I've watched Dark Knight more than, like, 15 times. Oh, yeah. You, Interstellar, you like, five movie. at least. And, like, it's... Uh, it's it's crazy. Like I I always can always go back to. And honestly, sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, oh, I should watch something new. You know, like expose myself to different types of theater and different types of arts and stuff like that. But sometimes you're just in the mood. You're just sitting there and you're like, Yo, man, I got a few hours. I don't got nothing to do. I'm just gonna rewatch this Dark Night, yeah. yeah, rewatch, watch, Dark, Knight. re-watch Dark Knight. And similarly with like the movies that I'm sure you're gonna give me on your list. Where it's just yeah. like you want to watch something else, but it's it's like Old Faithful. You just can always come back to this. Exactly. Exactly. Um,
1: so yeah, I'll give you my top three. So, as I said before, it's going to be based off rewatchability. And also for me, as I was talking to you about before, you know, like the whole thing about reminiscing and that's what I've done so far. You know, like now that I've gotten in my old age, <laughs>
0: um,
1: my top three movies are going to be based off that. Like, can I rewatch it? And also, do I have a lot of memories with them? So they're not going to be recent movies. Yeah. You know, that's just, I don't know, like that's how I'm feeling right now. If I had to come up with three. Nah, it's here. Let's go. For so, it. number one. Since you started off with a superhero movie, I'll give you mine. Spider-Man. Oh, the second. I didn't, I oh, didn't finish. Okay. Spider-Man 2, man. Spider-Man 2 is one of my um, first experiences in a movie theater. I remember yeah. watching it with my aunt and my entire family. And we were watching it on the stairs. Of the uh, of the theater. This was in the square one mall. Do you remember when they yeah. had a theater there? Inside it's, the
0: mall? Is two Dr. Octopus? or Yeah. yeah. Dr. Octopus. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I Love watched it. that. I, I have a vivid theater. Of it. I have a vivid theater memory of that as well. I went with my entire See, family. Yep. This is what I mean. Yeah.
1: The, the, this is one of those movies that you just, you can just keep rewatching. And you remember something like, this is one of those movies where, you know, I associate so many good memories with, because I know exactly where I was, yeah, who I was with. I remember going to the dollar store. With my aunt that very day, because we just went out that entire time. Yeah. And I remember getting like this, uh, this lockbox with a key in it just to put my money. Like it's a very irrelevant memory, but I'm just telling you that I remember it. And I was probably like eight years old when it happened. Mm-hmm. So that's why I liked Spider-Man 2 so much. Not only because of how great, you know, Tobey Maguire is as Spider-Man and he always will be the best Spider-Man in my opinion, not just a boomer take, but the real take. <laughs> um, but the memories with it as well. So. That's my number one. All right. Number two is The Hangover.
0: Oh, damn. A <laughs> comedy. A comedy. I love my comedies, yeah. man. I love okay. my comedies. Okay.
1: So first time I watched this one was in Kansas City. I did a uh, road trip with my family. Went to Kansas City to visit one of my cousins. And um, I remember he had a laptop, like a MacBook, and he got it from school. Okay. I remember thinking, how did this dude get a MacBook from school? How does that even work? Yeah. <laughs> but the first time we like use it together, like we use this laptop, like, oh my God, I got a laptop. It's like, hey, let's go on like an illegal streaming website, free movies one, two, free three. movies one, two, three. <laughs> Search up like you know, go through link one broken, link two, link three. Click through a million pop-up ads. <laughs> Finally, you will see a camera, <laughs> camera quality. Oh man, <laughs> we watch The Hangover, and it's just.
0: It's so funny. It's such a funny movie. Okay, I, got- I can
1: rewatch that so many times. I,
0: I got to admit something. I've never watched any of the Hangover. Come movies. on. I've never watched any of the Hangover. I don't movies. know if it'd be your style of comedy. Uh, honestly, I don't know if comedy is my thing. I I do enjoy comedy movies, so it's not that. Like I've- I believe it. I do enjoy comedy. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember, like, uh, like horrible bosses. I really like that. I never liked that movie. Oh, I don't you know never what they did that. Is about um, Damn! What's that one with the with the world's ending? Oh, ah, this is it? the end. This is the end. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. So I do yeah. like comedy movies, but I never actively seek out a comedy movie when I'm when I'm in the mood to watch something. I'm never gonna be like, oh, let me let me watch this.
1: Yeah, this was tough, dude, because I feel like yeah, Hangover is there, and you know what? Comedies for sure, man. Because you know, I think about it, I did have Casino Royale as my third movie. Yeah, but I think about it nah super bad, super bad, super bad. Is- movie i can re-watch that movie mclovin come on you've got to love mclovin okay i also got to admit i haven't watched oh <laughs> my god dude comedy
0: is just not my thing i haven't really watched comedy super movies. bad
1: hangover spider-man 2 but just really quickly on casino royale i remember isom who was on our last episode yeah shout out to isom um when we went to the embassy suites in uh niagara we would Always. We would do, tr- it would be tradition because we'd have our own room. Yeah. We'd go to McDonald's, we'd get our meals, three separate bags because we're like that. And then <laughs> we would come back to a hotel room and just watch Casino Royale. However, this would be after swimming. So we'd have to swim first, get super hungry and nothing quite hits like McDonald's post swimming. Okay. And then we watch Casino Royale to end the night. It was so cozy. Something yeah. was so nice about it. So I do like that movie. That's dope. So that's like a, um. Uh, what do they call it when it's on your top three? a honorable, honorable mention. mention. Honorable I'll give that mention. to Casino Royale.
0: Yeah. Superbad, Hangover, Spider Man Two. That's yeah. me. I mean, that's a, that's a good list. And it's like if someone gave me that list, you would be the first person that come to mind without any context. If they just listed three <laughs> movies, and no, no, I don't mean it in a bad way. It's because like I think I know you well enough to be like, okay, this is who Ben is. This is what Ben likes, kind of thing, right? Yeah. So that's like that's good that like your movie, your taste in movies is that aligned with who you are and. Like the kind of jokes you make and mm. the kind of humor you have and things like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, my humor at 23 is still the same as my humor at eight years old. Uh, <laughs> that has not changed, but, you know, I still enjoy those movies. But you know what is funny on the topic of just things that are just humorous to me? Yeah. Chance the Rapper. <laughs> Can I tell you what happened with Chance the Rapper? All right, Ben, tell me what happened with Chance the Rapper. All right, so basically what happened is, you know Chance the Rapper's new album? Uh, the really bad one the, <laughs> the really bad one the one that recently came out it's called the big day Um, by chance yeah by chance the rapper and he was gonna go on tour okay all right because he wanted to make some money with this trash ass album um, yeah. and guess what happened you know what happened with t-pain how he wasn't able to complete the tour because not enough tickets sold yeah that was sad that was yeah sad but that y- you felt for t-pain yeah yeah because it's like, you grew up with this guy. Buy you a drink, bartender. I'm in love with the stripper. another um, I'm sprung. You know, all these other yeah, really good shit. whole tracks.
0: wave of music he created. Yeah,
1: T-Pain, he created yeah. a whole vibe. Like, yeah. he is the man, right? So he felt bad for him. And for the most part, it was marketing. Okay, I would say that that was a marketing thing. Because people know, it's like T-Pain, you'd want to go to a concert by him. Yeah. Now, the exact same thing happened with Chance the Rapper. He was not able to sell tickets for his tour Mm. someone who sold out arenas and shows before with songs like no problem and all we got and i've always disliked chance the rapper yeah so i'm loving every bit of this
0: yeah it's time for us to feast you know what (laughs) i mean it it was
1: such a (laughs) bad album but yeah he wasn't able to sell it and it's not because of marketing because it was marketing i'm sure fairly well he sold out arenas before but it's literally because nobody wants to listen to him talking about his wife over and over again with bad similes and lyrics (laughs) in a concert setting and chance the rappers uh, tour it's canceled Mm. it's not even like uh they're gonna attempt no it's fully canceled anybody who bought tickets already refunded you know and they should also get a email saying you should feel bad for yourself for even (laughs) buying tickets to this trash
0: so that's crazy isn't it like I, i can't believe that happened dude this just reminds me of this meme i saw it wasn't for chance particularly but i'm just gonna repurpose it for chance it's a photo of some guy's dashboard and it has two tickets on the dash and there's a there's a the glass is broken there's like a hole through the glass and the caption is Guys, stay safe out there. My homie had Chance tickets, had a Chance to Rapper concert ticket sitting on his dash, and someone broke into the car and left another one. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Y'all stay safe out there."
1: <laughs> he just comes across as so fake, and you know what I mean. Like, yeah.
0: it's just, it's not real,
1: bro. We know you. We know you, Chance. You know, you know what, you
0: know what I don't get is like dude you want to make music like that like that's great make music like that but like that's the kind of stuff you do in your marriage, and you just kind of like, you know, like, oh, you send your wife like a, like a, oh, I just made this, check it out kind and, of thing. And he expects us to care about, yeah. about it. Yeah. And it's like, we don't like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Like, I'm sure there's stuff that you do for your significant other that like only they can properly truly appreciate or exactly. something like that. You write them like a poem or like you do something for them. And that's like something that's between you. And that's cool. Everyone should strive to like strengthen their relationship and, and have stuff like that with their significant other. But like, come on, man, don't give me an album. I'm not going to listen to that. A trash.
1: Love letters to your personal significant other that <laughs> yeah. we have
0: no idea who it is or what it's about. And it's like, they're not, I, I completely. Appreciate people who create any form of art that is for like their significant or inspired by their significant other. That's accessible. Inspiration is different, though. Yeah, it's like you can get inspired, and then I can see like a piece of art, and I'll be like, you know what, this is this is cool. They this artist made this for this person, whatever medium. But it's like it's got to be good. I'm not gonna appreciate it just because it was made out of love, right? Yeah. Like if it's not good, if your rhymes are trash, like why why would i like this like yes it's great you You know what it's similar to omar yeah
1: it's like this podcast okay (laughs) (laughs) i realized that transition made it sound like i was making a joke about how trash this podcast yeah but it's not that okay okay okay. it would be trash because this is the best podcast in my opinion i see no competition with this podcast absolutely oh. none you know like we are the best absolutely none. and uh some people some people there's
0: some people making a little bit of noise but you know like, yeah there, there might be some we might, people we'll, we'll take care of those podcasts
1: but what i what i was trying to say was it's like if we were to do this podcast and all we would do is make inside jokes yeah we would just go inside joke after inside joke and be like, yo, why isn't anybody listening? Like, why don't you want to listen to like an inside joke at me with Omar in grade 10? Yeah. Like, how do you not like this content? Yeah. So when Chance Rapper does the same thing, it's like, mm, okay, we're not going to listen to it. It's a dud. Yeah.
0: Uh, so that's how I, nah, that's you know, that's a good, that's a good analogy. Well, you know, Chance, um, I wish, wish you the best. Um, I just don't want to hear any more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear yeah, I don't, don't want to hear it. Right, I'm, I'm done with that. <laughs> Um, you did mention there was like some com- podcast making competition some noise. yeah so you know there's a there's a small little shop uh, you may have heard of um uh, inside the NBA Who's that there's uh you know it's just it's just a bunch of has beens you know like um Ernie Johnson, uh Kenny the Jet, Smith, Charles Barkley, and Shaquille O'Neal. You know they host a. Oh, Charles, no ring. Barkley <laughs> and Shaquille carried by Kobe. Shaquille, Google me, Chuck <laughs> <laughs> O'Neal, no rings, Ernie. Yeah, Ernie, Ernie, <laughs> he's gonna kill us. <laughs> yeah, Shaq would literally tear us limb from limb. <laughs> Shout out to Shaq. Um. So so those the inside the NBA guys they have. Honestly, like as much as I'm as much as I'm saying that, it is some of the best television that you can watch. I love love the Inside the NBA guys. These guys are on TNT like pregame, halftime, postgame shows. They're so funny. It's because of how genuine they come across. Exactly, they they they're so genuine. They're so real. They're so incorrect. In like everything they say basketball <laughs> related, like they're the biggest boomers out there. They're such it's, boomers. It's like something happened be like, oh, uh, you know, you just didn't Isn't want it Charles enough.
1: Barkley, the dude is like, I don't want to be in old damn video game. Yeah. Because
0: yeah. that I don't want nobody playing me. That's <laughs> that's so boomer. <laughs> yeah. This, this man, like he, they're just the biggest boomers, but I just can't stop watching them. I love those guys. So, uh, Ernie Johnson, the, 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 the host of Inside the NBA and Charles Barkley have teamed up to uh, create a podcast. It's called uh the steam room, steam room. Uh, inspired by an iconic story that charles barkley told about getting a bracelet from some dude in a steam room and it was i just, think i remember it the was, segment it was, i remember it was that hilarious so, so that that was charles <laughs> thought nothing was wrong with it he's like yeah, yeah i got a bracelet like and so, and they're like oh were you were, were you guys naked and he's like no we were in <laughs> towels. It like it was it was so jokes um so so now they have a podcast and and i guess like you know it's i don't know if there's enough room for both of us yeah here. it's it's it kind of our thing it's a monopoly so that's that's kind of wanted to bring that up there you know there's there's pretty big competition but uh you know i think i think we'll take care of it we will demolish them we will and then we will respectfully ask the inside the nba guys to come on the pod so you know charles if you're listening oh you know what I, i listened to the first episode let me tell you the best part about this charles Barclay is such a boomer. He's not on social media. Of He's like, I don't give a damn about no social media. <laughs> how you reach him and how you contact the podcast is they give a phone number that goes to an answering machine and they're like, call this number and leave a voicemail for Charles Barclay. Oh my God. Then they play the... I think they play or they read out the voicemail on, on air, and that's how they do question question and answer. There's no, there's no like IG DMs, that mailbags, is... <laughs> emails, no emails, boobers. This man's like you're, leave it like i don't it give to... a damn about no damn email. <laughs> so there's a voice they have an answering machine where you submit your I don't questions. give a damn
1: about no damn laptop. <laughs> how do I use this microphone? I don't give a damn about no damn microphone. Oh my god. I will leave a voice message um to Charles Barkley um letting him know that I am open just as open as you know they are invited to this podcast a session I am just as open to leave this podcast to join the wait age. a minute so I will gladly I will gonna? gladly do any of that I'm, I'm letting you know here I'm letting oh you know here God. Shaquille O'Neal rolling over in his grave <laughs> didn't Shaq and Chuck have
0: like a challenge for Embiid do yes. you remember this? Yes, or? yes, I did. I, I saw the
1: headline on YouTube, but I didn't click on so, it because I don't care
0: about Embiid. So what's been happening, I guess, recently is Embiid has come out and said people who have been like watching the games, like if you will look off just the stats, I guess it's explainable why Embiid's numbers are down because he's playing with the best teammates he's ever had in his career. And obviously the, the, his usage is going to go down, his stats, his counting stats are going to go down. But what's been happening is Embiid uh, came out, uh, I think it was pregame, uh, like a week ago, and he said how he hasn't been having fun this season, mm. how he wants to be mature uh, ever since the Carl anthony Towns fight. Mm. He wants to be mature and he wants to be healthy for the playoffs because that's been his biggest thing in the last few playoffs. Like last year, it was he was sick and he had uh, some knee soreness. The year before that, he broke his face on Markel Fultz's shoulder like... There was just like, he was never healthy and he was never 100% in the playoffs and he feels he let his team down. And that's the biggest takeaway he had. So since then, he's like, I need to be mature. But I think what, I think what the issue is and, and a podcast, a Sixers podcast I listened to, the Rice Turkey Sanchez, they, they talked about it and they're like, you can. Be healthy and play smart without not having fun. But maybe Embiid is just one of those guys that it's like live by the sword, die by the sword, right? The only way for Embiid to have fun is if he's going like 100 miles per hour, if he's running at the end of the court, like running to save loose balls and he's like hyping up the crowd and he's like, you know, super loud and how we remember him Embiid these past few years. Right. So he f- he hasn't been doing that recently, so he feels like he's not having fun. And if he's not having fun, maybe he's not as engaged in the game, right? Maybe in his mind, he's like, oh, you know, I'm just going to be a straight face. I'm not going to really have fun with it because I'm trying to be healthy. I'm trying to be mature. But personally, I think he's been going about that the wrong way. You can still have fun and, and, and be mature. Maybe he's like one of those guys where he needs to be having fun or he's not going to be playing well. Anyways, Embiid comes out and says that, and I don't think the inside the NBA guys knew that, but the same night, they come out and say, they basically like Embiid, They so Embiid beats the best center in the league, Nikola Jokic, slaps them, he finishes with like 22 and like 10 or 22 and 15 or something like that. And Charles uh, Shaq says, like, you know what, 22 is not enough. You should be getting 28. Like, they say this on their show, and they kind of call out Embiid, where they're like, you know what, you you need to be doing more. If you really are the best center in the league, you should be going out there and, like, every night be killing it, be locked in, want it more than the other guys. You know, all the classic boomer bullyings and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, and Embiid, he... Uh, I think he responded, like, the right way. He said, you know what? You're right. He didn't push back. A lot of times players, like, get mad at older players for telling them what to do. Embiid's like, no, you know what? You're right. This is my team. I got to go out there. And he dominated. He finished with, like, 38 points or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he's just completely on fire. Classic Embiid. And he's been doing really well. Um, He's been doing really well since then. So, And he credits that to Shaq and Chuck. So I kind of wanted to ask you, like, Do you think that type of like boomer bullying works when you call a player out and you say you don't want it enough? You're not hungry enough. And then if they go out and perform, did they do it because of that? I think nowadays people are too soft. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm
1: definitely (laughs) with
0: it. Of (laughs) course,
1: dude. Come on. I mean, this is like, yeah, it's like, oh, did you try your best, though? Are you having fun? Are you having fun, sweetheart? Can I give you a little kiss? Like, no. I mean, like, yeah, especially with basketball and competitive sports. Because here's the thing, Omar. Not everybody is going to be all, like, anti-Mamba. There are some people who are just going to go out there and kill you. And that's what they want to do. And I think in competitive sports, that's just something you've got to kind of have, like, in your blood. I think every athlete is a competitor, you know, with that natural tendency to just, killed a person on the court they might not show it like like a rust does but i think they're all extremely extremely confident so having a little bit of a push in the forms of bullying i think serves as a reminder for why you know like why they're there in the first place i think it worked with
0: Embiid. you're telling me it works with Embiid, right well i mean that's kind of like a like, do we know that's the reason? Like he's saying it, yeah, you know what you guys said helped and, and you guys are right and, and all that stuff. But is it really as simple as waking up one morning and say, you know what, I want it more than the other guy and that's why they finish with thirty eight points, or or is it because you're going up against Ennis Cantor and Daniel Tice? Like yeah. like w- where how how can we draw like the relatability of of those things like if someone works on their jump shot all off season then and, and they're really grinding for that and then they come out and they start shooting better it's like a guy who never used to shoot threes is now shooting threes at a, at a really high percentage pascal siakam or something like that and you're like you know what that work that he put in is now being reflected on the mm-hmm. court but with stuff like this it's like can you really draw the connection between you know what? I want it more. He says that before game and then he goes out there and, and does it. It's like, was that the, like,
1: I can see, well, sorry to interrupt you, oh, but good. I can definitely see where you're coming from as well. Because remember when Jimmy Butler had those, those third triggers? Yeah. And, uh, beat Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins and all that. And I don't know if you remember, but in that season, Carl Anthony Towns afterwards was completely doubt. He played trash. So in that case, I don't know if the bullying actually worked.
0: Mm, maybe it had the opposite effect. And, exactly. And then, like it, it's, yeah. it is
1: interesting. I think there are certain people where I, I, I suppose it just really just depends on how, how they see it. But I think the people that really come out on top, like LeBron James is an ultimate competitor. Like yeah. the winners that we've seen Omar, I don't think they're the Carl Anthony Towns personality. They're more so the, what we can say at least from Embiid. Mm -hmm. that type of like oh I got like I need to be a competitor yeah you know I need to go out there I need to win I think that's what separates champions from just
0: regular all-stars I guess so but I mean like sometimes I think about players like Damian Lillard like from what I know he's like a very Uh, aggressive competitor he wants to win and he and he wants to succeed and stuff like that and then he like he plays the raptors like a couple weeks ago and he has like what like eight points 10 points or something like that like he has like Mm -hmm. a really bad game and it's like did he think before that game oh man i don't know if i really want it like i'm sure he was locked in and had that killer instinct and stuff and then comes out and doesn't perform but if the raptors are a worse defensive team and dame goes off for 35 He's going to be that hero who says, Oh, I wanted it more. That's why I did it. Right. It's like his mindset. The relatability yeah, is, yeah, is difficult. It's like, too. yeah, it's like, his, did his mindset ever have had an effect on it? It's like, I think the thing that had the most effect was Nick Nurse is a genius and he knew exactly how to stop Damian Lillard and, and design a defense that could stop him or something like that. So. That, that's what i'm thinking it's like it's hard to draw those things and it, and this is going to be a debate that's always going to last because there's never going to be a good way to draw that string Related, between yeah, exactly. draw it so it's like this will always be a thing that's out there but and you know my personal I, yeah. take on it is i
1: think it does work and i'm just looking at it based off the champions we've seen just this past decade yeah
0: you know what? i can't deny that i can't deny that because like at that level maybe it's like maybe it's almost like Steph a filter he's a
1: hell of a competitor
0: yeah you don't become the all-time
1: leading three-point shooter, you know, or like the best shooter possibly this generation has ever seen by not being like the the mindset of "I'm gonna get every single shot
0: in. I don't care pulling up from where I will do it." Yeah, you know what? You've convinced me. Bring back bullying. <laughs> twenty in 20- twenty session, a basketball <laughs> podcast endorses bullying. Yeah. In twenty twenty, we're bringing back bullying. <laughs> what's been what else has been going on in the league talk well
1: you know like you did bring up the raptors so i wanted to bring up something with the raptors real quick i don't know if you watched that raptors and clippers game no that one i caught highlights for so okay well first of all the raptors have been in quite a bit of a slump they did win recently against uh a very bad team who did they win against um brooklyn yeah they played brooklyn it was like a 10 point game uh where they had i think they had won by like 10 ish points
0: or whatever was that the game they were shooting lights out i think they like was recent, right? I mean, I can just, I, I don't, I don't remember, but I
1: do know that Siakam had like, uh, 14 points in the first quarter. And then when defenses started to align to him, he got a little quiet. So he had like the quietest 24 points ever, you know? Kyle Lowry was not shooting well as well, blah, blah, blah. So they have been. In kind of a slump, but the person who's really come out on top in this slump who's been super consistent has been Norman Powell, dude, even in this Brooklyn game, he dropped like twenty three or twenty five points on crazy efficiency he's driving to the he's driving to the uh to the net he's able to take those jump shots, and he's playing defense pretty well too. Norm is looking amazing off the bench right now, man, I said it in the last podcast I'll say it now again he's continuing to impress me as I watch him more and more. But what I wanted to highlight more specifically from the games that I've watched is the Raptors and Clippers game. Because Nick Nurse's whole plan was, okay, Kawhi's over there. We know how to play against him. And to be fair, it was successful. They shut him out. It was like a double team, triple team pretty much all the time when Kawhi had the ball. They would not let him get a shot off. Mm -hmm. But here's what happened. And this is why the Clippers are going to ultimately win the championship, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Okay. They shut out Kawhi. Paul George had a terrible night of shooting. But guess what? Lou Will dropped 15 points in the second quarter. Montrose Harrell is getting buckets too. You know? Patrick Beverly is making threes. You shut out those two superstars, and you're not going to shut them out entirely because Kawhi later came back and ended up dropping like 20-something points. Whatever. But you have those guys on the bench as well who are able to play at an... Well, for Lou Will, shit, this guy can... He's able to score like an all-star. I'm not saying he is one, but he's able to score like one. He's a natural bucket. That's why I think, like the Raptors had everything they could to stop them. And it was competitive for a bit. And then later it dipped down. But that's because they're, enti- they're a team and they're still gelling together. More recently, 42 points Kawhi Leonard, 46 points Paul George. They have the superstars, they have the defense, the full team. That I think will win the championship, man. It's crazy to watch. It's crazy to watch.
0: Okay. My rebuttal to this is those good players, the goal in any playoff series needs to be, because this is a league of star power. Stars are what matter, right? The best players on your team. If they don't do well, you have no chance of winning. So... From an opposing point of view, let's say the Raptors are facing the Clippers in a playoff setting in the finals. And I'm not I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I'm saying in a playoff setting, let's say they were in the same conference or whatever. The Raptors maximize their chances of winning by shutting down Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And that is what they need to focus on because the hope is all of those other players that are good that you're mentioning... Are like regular season good, and they can't perform in playoff settings. That's a good. That, that's so, a good point. So, regular season good yeah, is different. Regular than and come. and this reminds me of all of Coach Bud's teams and stuff like that. That's filled with Andrew Sharp. Of well, he used to be on Open Floor at the podcast. He he has a term called fake good players. Where it's like, you see a player and you're like, yo, that guy is good. But then you see him in the playoffs and they just completely fall apart. Because mm. it's, it's, a it's, I hate saying like the boomer take, but it's like a completely different game. The defenses are so much smarter. And it's like, it's so much harder to get every single shot, every single point. In a regular season game, what the Raptors are doing, or they're trying to practice, how can we learn to best shut down Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Whereas because they know it's going to be so much harder for those bench guys to get everything, to get anything. Like you can't go into a series thinking, all right, you know what? We're all right with Kawhi and PG getting shut down because we got Trez and we got Lou Will going off and Pat Bev and stuff like that. Those are not the guys you want to count on. That's right.
1: However, that I think that works for any other team. But again, this is the Clippers team that got two games off Golden State with not much different of a roster. I feel like they've added more pieces than they've lost in the roster versus Golden State.
0: You know, that's fair. I think they perform in the playoffs too, man, especially Lou. That's fair, but it's like part of it's also like, I don't know, like one of those games was like some stupid comeback, and then like the starters on the on Golden State had to come back in rusty after like not playing for like uh after not playing for like um like 10-15 minutes or something of game time or something like that. So that one it was kind of like a a dumb loss, but yeah, you know what i i I will see. Okay, damn, we've gotten so much like more. I don't know we both see each other's viewpoints. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. If nah, it sucks, if it sucks, uh, Russ sucks. He's not a weak player. I agree, player. man. I mean, god damn, damn it. No, that's no I'm it. <laughs> kidding.
1: I'm kidding. I mean, Harden <laughs> yeah. hardened and Russ is a whole other topic, man.
0: It's yeah. it's a whole other topic. That will that'll, that'll be fun. We'll, we'll see where that goes. Okay, you know what? I I I do see where you're coming from to an extent, but I don't know. I still believe like as a team, I think the Raptors should walk away with their head held high where if we have the ability to shut down the most dominant players on the opposing team—that is what is going to maximize our chances of winning. Because we are going to hope that there will be an adjustment or a regression, however you want to call it, to all of the other players. Yeah. And and if I was if I was the coach of the Raptors, I would still walk away happy, going like, okay, you know what? We may have lost. That's what the score shows. But here's what we learned about our defense, and here's what we're going to continue to do when we go up against. When we go up against Joel Embiid, here's what we're gonna continue to do. When we go up against Victor Oladipo and Kemba Walker and Giannis Antetokounmpo, like those, that's what they need to hope. Hone in on when you're facing the Bucs in a playoff series. Giannis is all that matters. Like, I get it. Oh, yeah. You got Brooke Lopez. You got all these other like good players. You got Chris Middleton and stuff like that. But if Giannis doesn't play well, that team's not winning. Right. So your primary focus needs to be shutting down that Giannis and, and hope, which that, is, you know, if yeah. that's the case, man, it's going to be interesting to see how AD
1: does. Yeah. Because listen, we've seen AD in the regular season and my fantasy team thanks him, <laughs> but AD in the playoffs, we haven't seen much of. We don't know. What's going to happen with AD in the playoffs? I
0: don't know. He could completely shut down. I, I, I guess so. But I mean, like when you have LeBron there, like, man, they're going to, they're going to end up winning it all. I just know it. Now, I think, you know, you did bring up Harden and Russ.
1: Okay. So Harden has been going off lately. Yes. Yes. 55 points, 54 points, back to back 50 point games, 60 point game, whatever. But what's interesting to me is how they're only winning by like a margin. Mm hmm. This is not going to transfer over to the playoffs, bro. Nah, it's this not. is not. God damn, you agree with me there too, because my brother does. He's a huge Harden fan, and I keep telling him like Yeah, sure, whatever. You know, like Harden is getting these fifty point games, but if you winning, if you have to drop fifty five to only win by two, that's not going to be sustainable. And Harden, notice how I took the D out in the playoffs. <laughs> Dude, Harden is a
0: good defender. This needs to stop. Okay? He is
1: not a good defender. Harden is a
0: good defender. You can Absolute. look at the numbers.
1: You can have that much you offensive can, load and perform well on you defensive You can look end at the well.
0: numbers. Harden is a good he's a one of the best post defenders at his position. And he's a pretty good defender overall. Like, he doesn't get, yes, he's had a lot of lapses and he's had a lot of bad plays that people love highlighting and stuff like that. But one, he's always going to be a net positive because of what he does on the offensive end. And two, he is not a bad defender. Or did, like, that's, that's one thing that's got to change. He was a bad defender, what, three years ago or something like that, but that's like done with now. Like, so, you know how Kobe dropped 81 points
1: on Jalen Rose? Yeah. Right? But the only one by how much? Like, not too, it wasn't like a yeah. blowout game. Yeah. You can't have that much load on one person to carry your entire offense. They need to switch that entire thing. No, this is not going to work. What they're doing with the Rockets right now is simply just not going to work.
0: Well, I mean, that's why it was against the rusting in the first place. Like, it wasn't going to work. What? Like, you need to have. That's really on the good, coach. Yeah. Like, it, not even. Like, like Antonio she, needs to switch his shit up, right? I mean, here's the thing. D'Antoni's offense works he's just never had the personnel or like the luck because so much of this sport comes down to luck to make it work like D'Antoni is an innovative coach who has a good offense it's just like there's so many factors and this is why it's like interesting like The Rockets get a new owner who is cheap as hell and he doesn't want to pay the tax and he wants to continue to sell tickets and he wants this team to be competitive all the time. So they make a trade for uh, CP3 for Russ or something like that when it's like anyone could have known that like, hey, this fit isn't going to work. This Russ isn't the type of player that makes Harden's life easier all the time and stuff like that. You need someone who can move off ball, who can shoot very well, who can catch and shoot cuz Harden is, has so much gravity and draws people in. But now what's happening is Harden has to carry an even bigger offensive load this season than he did last season. And you're right. This isn't going to work in the playoffs. This isn't going to translate. Well, it'll be an it will be a multitude of factors. It might be Harden's health. He might just get tired from having to do this. He's playing really all these minutes and for and sure. that's happened before in the past. And people like to say, oh, he choked or, or whatever and, th- and stuff like that. And two, it'll just be harder for him to drop 55 in the playoffs because he's getting doubled now. He's going to get tripled in the playoffs and things like that. Right? He's one so, of the
1: best scores of our generation. I'll say that. Much. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just don't know what's going to happen with the Rockets. And in all honesty, I don't mind. I hate the Rockets so much. Well, I, mean, I love Russ. I always
0: will. But a part of me is kind of happy, man. Russ should just get traded. I man, I can't even imagine that that contract. Quadra- what would did Russ trade look like? That's I don't know. That's that's I'm, that's I'm happy. We'll do how, some thinking on that.
1: I want what Sam Preston needs to do right now for the, for the Oklahoma City Thunder is just get more draft picks, baby. I'll see you in twenty twenty eight. The session will still be here. And watch trade Gallo for Tyler Johnson and two picks. <laughs> for, for phoenix give me picks we'll take that one year off uh, tyler johnson i'll take it trade cp3 and trade adams as well but that adams contract sheesh that is not looking good either yeah so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a little bit tough too
0: so oh man not sure but well you know once uh once those eighth graders that sam presti is <laughs> scouting right now are finally in the nba Maybe that team will look a little. I find that so funny. There's an eighth grader out there somewhere right now who is part of the Rust CPT trade. Well, do you trade see in.
1: how much people are invested in the whole Bronny James thing? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, I don't even know. That's a whole other topic. But I don't know how well that's going to translate. I want to be the Skip Bayless of this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at Bronny oh, James like God. you're. You're gonna choke just like your dad in 2011. Oh. my God, (laughs) you're the next generation Skip Bayless. (laughs) Call me Trip Bayless, baby. (laughs) To Bronny. (laughs) To Bronny. Bronny, I'm coming for you.
0: Oh, but this (laughs) unknown podcast. I'm a 23-year-old in the basement. (laughs) All right, fine. Then I'll be the next generation Shannon Sharp. (laughs) And with that, I say we bring this episode to a close. All right. So, if you made it this far, thank you. If you didn't, well, I don't know why you didn't. Go back and listen to it. But... Thank you for listening to the Session Basketball Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, YouTube as well. Got Got a little lazy with the uploads on that, but... We're basically everywhere. You, you want to listen to us, you can find us. Subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. And if it has a like or review feature like Apple Podcasts, scroll down on our page and just tap five stars. It'll take two seconds. That's all you got to do. And that's how we know you like what we're putting out there. Special request from the birthday boy. If you want to wish me a happy birthday,
1: write it on Apple Podcasts. Leave reviews, leave a five star and just leave happy birthday, Ben. Happy 23rd. Happy Jordan year. The true goat. I'll glad I'll gladly take it, and I'll take the five stars as well.
0: <laughs> you know, this is one time I'll I'll concede if it means getting a five star rating out of you guys. <laughs> um, you know what? Come over to our Instagram or Twitter at the Session Ball. Again, that's at the Session Ball. I think our IGs pick games really picking up now, and there's a lot of good stuff there. You know what? We want to engage with you, so if you're listening to us and you want to know more about us, come over to our our uh, page on Instagram at the Session Ball. I think that's everything. I'll see you guys next week. Perfect. From everyone here at the session. Cheers. Cheers.